three, two, one. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Raw Mentality. We're your hosts. My name is Harris. And my name is Sarah. And our podcast is all about mental health, advice, relationships, and personal struggles. If this is your first time joining us, welcome to our podcast. And if you're a returning listener, thank you for coming back. Also, don't forget to follow, share, and download on all social media and streaming services. Also, don't forget to send us your questions, your comments, and concerns on our socials at Raw Mentality Podcast or through email. And without further wait, let's get it on. Let's get it. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Raw Mentality Podcast. Hello, everyone. And today we have a special guest for you, Zach Merkinor, for a good friend of ours and former our, roommate. Yes. And our very first ever podcast guest. Yeah. And he's also a listener of the podcast show. So um, we're putting him to the test today. We're going to, because he claims to have listened to all of our episodes. So we're going to see if that's true or not. So without <laughs> further ado, let's go ahead and let's get, let's get a hello from Zach first. Say hi to everyone listening. What's up, everyone? And first of all, I don't like how you're questioning me, Sarai. Never questioned me. Oh, sorry, man. Didn't mean to like that. Yeah, you, you offended me, and I'm Good. letting you know about it. <laughs> okay, my bad. Oh, man. This is going to be a long podcast. <laughs> all righty, so. So, really, I just want to get your input, because I, I know, you know, you, you, you claim, again, claim to have listened to all of them. I just want, like, general feedback. What do you think? Do you, do you like the idea that we have a podcast together? Like, what are your general thoughts? Well, <clears throat> excuse me. When um you first told me you guys were doing a podcast, I was kind of skeptical because it's like, well, you know, yeah, everyone's doing a podcast. Like, did that whole sort of just stereotype, I guess. I don't know. Like, because okay. I feel like a lot of people are just trying to create content, whether it's music, whether it's podcast, stuff like that. And I don't think that's a bad thing. It's a good to express yourself. You know, in this ways, especially in the format you're doing it where you're talking about mental health, because, you know, even if it's something, you know, a topic that people are talking about a lot nowadays, it's something like even I struggle with, you know, talking about my mental and emotional health and just in general, it's just mm -hmm. a very hard talking point. And right. I think the best aspect I've liked about your podcast so far is how authentic and comfortable you guys seem talking about your personal lives and your experiences and I think it allows other people like myself you know to you know think more in depth with um what you guys are saying and try to connect it to my li life and it just really gives that courage for other people and I'm not trying to say <laughs> you're, you're giving like the teary eyes <laughs> like it's the, just it just like sounds so nice that no like no for real though I think it does allow people to give um a sense of courage to want to talk about these things more and i'm not just saying exclusively you guys you know there's a lot of people right. doing it and well, that's you know i i think you do have a good spin on it that's that's all i'm really trying to say oh thank, thank you. you i feel like that that means a lot to us because we we kind of just went in podcasting blind i feel like yeah we uh didn't really know exactly what we were doing at first no we kind of just turned on the mic and started going started going and one of the reasons for me um Obviously, yes, yeah, Sarai asked me to start doing the podcast show with her. Mm -hmm. um, but also, like, one of the other reasons is um, a lot of artists, that's the way that they connect with their fans. Right. So me as a musician, you know, that just gives, like, another um, way for my fans to, like, know who I am. You know, even Oh, definitely, if, yeah. Even if there isn't many fans yet, 
you know, in the hope that it does grow, which I think it will. Um, you know, there's there's more stuff for them to hear more about me, you know, learn more about me and just kind of add to my story. So yeah. that's one of the main reasons also. And on top of that, for it being a mental health podcast, it does help others out, I feel like. so. That's right. Yeah, Which no, is the goal. Even, even if you're starting off small like this, you're still reaching people. You know, that's that's that can make a huge difference in more ways than one, you know, and you don't really even know the impact you have on other people, which is good. True. Yeah. Which actually I want to, I want to touch upon if you don't mind, Zach. Um, I know, you know, obviously me, you, Harris have lived together. Um, and there were a few, obviously, you know, with any, dynamic you you're gonna get into many fights and stuff like that but I feel like most of the time me you and Harris would have hard hearts we'd have deep talks and and breakthroughs really um we didn't really you know know it because at the time we were either you know just personally going through stuff or anything like that but I wouldn't necessarily call them breakthroughs every time yeah because if they were breakthroughs then they would have like definitely been changed maybe life-changing I would I wouldn't say like we went through anything life-altering necessarily no no but we did have a lot of good conversation. Yeah. And there was things to be learned, but like nothing like, oh, Eureka, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> I know what I have to do with my life now. No, no. but Nothing like that. But we yeah. we definitely had some good heart to hearts. Would you agree? No, I, I definitely agree. Um, I think it made me realize personally, like the difference between just a roommate relationship and like a friendship relationship. Because, you know, yeah, you always hear, mm-hmm. you know from just other people around you, like friends, family members, or whatever, how things really change when, you know, a person moves in with their roommate or, or with a friend and they become a roommate. And, then, yeah, like you were kind of alluding to, it's a totally different dynamic because you're not just friends anymore. You're sharing the same living space. You know, you yeah. all have to sacrifice and kind of compromise in a way, and it can be really difficult. And I think it was really difficult for the three of us to try to get used to yeah. You know, our living personalities, because it's one thing to be hanging out with each other. Yeah. And even in the sense, like, I've known you guys for years upon years, but I really didn't know what it took to, like, live with you guys. And, you know, there was a lot of trial and error, and it didn't necessarily end the way I think all of us wanted it to. But mm-hmm. um, I think we I think we're all in a better place now, and I think we recognize all our faults through it. And, you know, it's not a bad thing. Some things just don't work out necessarily. But yeah, we're still fr- friends at the end of the day, which is important. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I think I think mainly it was good for all of us personally, like on on, on a personal growth level, um, just because we were able to see what it's like to have that responsibility. Like me and you, especially, like Zach and I, because it was our first time moving out from our parents' house. Um, so I had already been out, out of our parents' house for. I think um, a f- like either a bit either almost more than a year, half a year yeah. or something like that. Yeah, so. It was just like a learning curve, obviously. At first, you, you're all giddy, you know, you're happy, you have your own space, you know, oh, I'm not with the parents anymore. Mm-hmm. You're a little bit nervous because you're like, oh, how am I going to pay rent? Then you start getting, like, used to it. Yeah. Um, but with anything, then, like, the se- the stress starts setting in, you know, just, like, the daily grind. And that's something, not to get too deep on, on, on everything, but that's kind of, like, what the human condition is, is if you kind of think about it, just constant struggle. Mm-hmm. You're always just fighting to either be in a better situation, even if you're already in a technically good situation, or you're, you know, striving for your dreams or something, or money, even. It could be as basic as that. So, yeah, I think it was it was hard for us getting adjusted to that. But now that, you know, like you said, we are in a better place now, I feel like. Um, 
to Ryan, you know, we, we have our own apartment now and mm-hmm. it's obviously like downsized from where we were living at before, but at the same time, I don't know, it just feels more like home because the area we were living at too. Was I kinda... think this is a much nicer living condition for you guys personally. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not to poo poo like our, our old place yeah. we shared but together, but man, it bad? that's what I was trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I think we've said it before in the podcast too. We it was haven't pretty said bad. why exactly, but it, you know, aside from the landlord, which he was a good guy, like we've said before, but... Mm. He was a good guy, but it was a cheap fix to everything. Like, yeah. whenever we had an issue with something, it was a cheap fix. It was more like a band-aid. Or it was like, you know, hey, wait a week, and then I'll do it. Or it's like, all right, man, I get it, but, you know, we're paying you good money to live here in this dump, you know, basically. It was pretty decent money for, for the place. You yeah, know? Really yeah, it was. I mean, let's be honest, we were paying $1,200 a month for our dump. Let's yep. be real. Yeah. Let's be real. Plus utilities. Plus utilities, and plus groceries, plus everything else yeah. that comes along with it. I think we really didn't mind it, you know, at the time. I, I guess me, you you and, and me more so, Harris, because, you know, we just had that euphoria of having moved out for the first time. And I think that definitely played a factor of why we were content with the situation. I mean, obviously, first, the, least, yeah. the, yeah, the lease wasn't, you know, up till like May or what. Or, yeah, you left after or like before the lease. We left, right. one month we left before. like a month before yeah. the lease yeah. was over. But um, and Harris Sarai is like already like two months, not even two months into like zill- zillowing stuff and <laughs> looking for new places. And then yeah. she, I think that was part of part of the conflicts we were having is because she wanted to try to find that another new, new place. place for all of and us. And we were just kind of yeah, you know, we just moved out. Like why do we have to? Which from our perspective, you know, you can understand that. But yeah, yeah. Sarai was living in that townhouse for like. Six months prior, right? Some, yeah. Something, like, something that. like that, yeah. So. But it wasn't as bad before. It was bad, but it wasn't that bad. That's because you didn't live there. It was bad. It was bad, but it started to get worse once we all moved in with with you. I feel like. Oh, thanks. The 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 problem. <laughs> no, but it's oh, thanks. No, because more people more people is more filth. I don't know. <laughs> there was an equal amount three people before, three people then. That's true. I don't know. I know. Well, I think. Yeah. If anything, it was more filthy with your previous roommates. It was. Uh, I don't want to talk about that. But anyway, um, I know that Zach, you said that you know, obviously, you are biased because you're a friend, longtime friend, to say the least. But um, I just want to ask you, like, I know you remember how we met you, but mm-hmm. I just wanted you to address it to the public, if you don't mind. Yeah, let them all know how I let met you know. guys. <laughs> yeah, let them know. Let them know. Oh, well, I've known Harris for about what? Since sixth grade. Ten years? Yeah, ten years. More than ten years. Eleven years? Wow. More than, yeah, eleven it's years. It's been eleven years, really. Wow, yeah. Um, And I've known Sarai probably like nine, eight years. Yeah. And I've actually known you guys separately longer than you've known yourselves. I mean, that's not news to you, but... Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, do you want me to tell, like, I don't know. Do you do you want me to go in depth of how I met you guys, or like? So I mean, how how did you first meet Sarai? Because I kind of know. I already know how you met me. So tell me how like you specifically you and Sarai first met. Because I know it was when you moved to another school. Yeah. So I moved a lot. You know, d- during like the the period between you know elementary school, junior high, and high school, and that mm-hmm. three year window, whatever it is, like sixth to ninth grade. Um, I met Sarai actually in Spanish class. And yes. <laughs> I was probably the worst Spanish student possible. And I sat next to him, and I was the only native speaking in the basic 101, whatever it was called. Yeah, we had some definite delinquents in that class. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not saying that I was, even if yeah. coming off that way, you know. But yeah. um, anyway. <laughs> nice no, but um, 
Easy class for me, nice though. Nice cover. Nice cover there. Yeah. But, um, no, I, I met Sarai in Spanish class, and I'm, I'm just going to say it, like, just as a as a joking just in a joking manner, I would call her like Dora. But it, was, <laughs> so, it wasn't just you. It, was, it, it actually was, was started by another kid, and then everyone started calling yeah. me. And they asked me, do you care? And I was like, honestly, no. You probably yeah, shouldn't I really care. care. I mean, let's be honest. Like, I never really cared. I was obviously, I wasn't meaning it in an insensitive or like yeah. racial way because I've never, I've never been racist or anything right. like that. I've, obviously. I've grown up, we've all grown up around different cultures and different religions, different races, you know. My, all my best friends growing up were non non white, and yeah. obviously that doesn't, you know. Yeah. You can be you can be white and be racist and have friends, but no, nah, I've never looked at color like that. But yeah, we just met in Spanish class and we just kind of were cool with each other, just kind of joked around. I don't even really remember having like in depth in detail conversations with you like we that. We didn't. Yeah, I don't think we did. We, we just we just kind of. We're like, oh, what's up, Zach? Yeah. What's up, Sarai? And just kind of joked around in class. And then, then you would be like, can I copy off you? And I'd be like, sure, <laughs> sure, dude, sure, whatever. And <laughs> by the end of that trimester, because there were trimesters back then yeah. in junior high, oh, I, man, was, I, I, was, I was out of that. Yeah. I was out of that. <laughs> I, I, I was in like a wheel like format or whatever where you would take like a different elective each trimester. Right. Next elective, I was in something totally different. And yeah. then, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Was it your choice, like which which one you would pick, or did they just automatically put you in a, in a different one? Um, no. So I picked Spanish for the first trimester. Yeah. I picked art for the second trimester, and then I picked like world cultures for the third trimester. Hmm. Yeah, it was cool. I don't even remember what I chose to be honest with you. That's interesting. I remember eighth grade too vividly. They didn't have that. They didn't have that. In I'm scarred. The school that Zach, origi- Zach and I originally went to, the middle school that we went to, didn't have anything like a wheel. We had like you literally just pick your electives, and then if you wanted to drop, you would have to speak to the principal. And I remember, really? I, yeah, like I, I was trying to drop choir or chorus or whatever it was because I was taking chorus. Yeah. And then I was like, yeah, this is. See, I think initially. Singing. Oh, sorry, sorry, but oh. I, th- I think initially I did have Spanish the whole year, but. After a few weeks, I was like, nah, yeah, I don't want to do this. And it's tough. Not everybody can speak another language. I know me and Sarai are both bilingual, so. But not by choice. I mean, we didn't have, we yeah. didn't learn it. It's different it when you have to learn it and you only know, like, one language. Your parents only know one language more, like. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, it must be tough. Yeah, like I said, there's, there was really no incentive. Like, my grandfather, he grew up speaking German and Hungarian, hmm. but he was first generation here, so. Right. Um, so how did you meet Harris? I want to hear that story. How I met Harris, I think it was, like, the f- first day of sixth grade. Yeah. Yeah, it was the first day of sixth grade. Um, I was I was a nervous wreck that day. I'm a very nervous person, just a disclaimer. <laughs> for, for, you didn't seem nervous. I, when I saw I, you, you didn't seem nervous. Sometimes, sometimes it's weird. Like, sometimes, like, even earlier today, like, you, like when we were initially trying to start this podcast, I'll be honest, I, I was super nervous, and we were doing a couple different takes of this, and... Yeah. You know, I can look very visibly nervous, and I can definitely show that. And then there's other times where I'm able to um, really have a good po- poker face. And I, I guess it's just situational. But, um, mm-hmm. no, yeah, I was really nervous the first day of school. Like, well, obviously, like most new kids. And, yeah, like I walked into the class late as hell, I remember. And I was even, like, questioning the teacher, hey, is this the right class? And she's like, uh, yeah, I'm the, hmm. I'm the teacher. <laughs> uh, and, yeah. <laughs> And I'm the teacher of this class, I should say. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go take a seat now. 
And I was just... That's the, funny. That's <laughs> the first couple okay. hours, I was just, like, sitting, like, literally shaking my boots, you know, just nervous as hell, just mm-hmm. in a very uncomfortable in, uncomfortable environment because prior to that, that was, like, the first time moving. Like, I had grown up kindergarten through fifth grade in one school, just one set of friends, really, and I was just used to that world, basically. And then during recess time, I was just kind of alone by myself, and... I noticed you, Paris, and then I noticed uh, our our friend. Sean. Yeah, and I, um, yeah. I forgot exactly what you guys said. I don't know if you remembered, but you were basically trying to tag tag me along to come over and be like, "Hey, what's up, man?" Like, basically being like, "Oh, what's good, new kid?" And Aww. from that point, you yeah. just kind of brought me along in your friend group, and we had like a good like two other guys in our friend group too. Yeah. And there was also the uh, Korean transfer student that was in our group, Steven. Yeah. Was his name? He was pretty cool. He was pretty funny. Shout out, shout, shout out, Steven, if you're hearing yeah. this. Sixth grade for us was just like one giant robot chicken episode, really. Pretty much. That's, that's, pretty much. <laughs> that's the best way to think about it. I don't know what that is. Robot chicken is like an adult swim show. It's like a 15-minute show that goes on Adult <laughs> Swim. Adult Swim is like what happens after Cartoon Network is over in the morning. Okay. So it's well, like the adult in the cartoons. evening, actually. Yeah. Oh. yeah, in the evening, it starts at like around nine p.m. with Family Guy usually. See, yeah. or, at least, a, or at least when we were growing up, that's yeah, how it was. Yeah. I was a Disney early, Channel kid. They started kid. like seven, I think. Damn, yeah. wow. that's early, early. Not that I'm an avid, you know, um, adult swim. Well, I do, I do yeah. watch time to time. But. Adult uh, <laughs> Robot Chicken essentially was a show that would come on like eleven o'clock late night. I think like around that time, or something, right? Um, yeah. So yeah, it, like yeah. 10 30 ish. Yeah, it would be like but... two episodes of Family Guy, and then it comes on Robot Chicken. You either get two episodes of Robot Chicken, or you get an re- episode of Robot Chicken, and then you get like Squid Billies or Death Clock or something like but that. Anyway, I think, <laughs> but anyway, I think it's just yeah. we were so influenced by that as kids where we just felt comfortable with just saying random shit and just like, yep. it's it just like, it, it was like memes before memes, honestly. Pretty much. I, it, it just nice. That's where our humor was developed was through that. I remember, yeah. uh, you remember our teacher actually, I don't know if you remember this, but she told us to keep a good sense of humor or at least she told me to, she told me that like once we graduated, she was like, make sure to always keep a good sense of humor and like one of her like notes to like the graduating class or something. Which is I don't remember which that. is hilarious because like I remember like I was always in trouble in that class for saying like the most <laughs> obscene things. She would hear us too. I remember when I sat by her desk and I got in trouble, I would hear literally everything you guys were saying. Really? All the f bombs like little ten year olds are dropping over there. That's crazy. I don't understand how that woman just like didn't say she anything. Probably just like whatever. From what we I remember, talking shit about her. From what oh I remember, she heard God. it. From what I remember, I was probably the more the more reserved of of the five, but um. You know, no, like you could get crazy too. I, I would, but you would get crazy too. But in the sense of like, you know, he, he, well, no, like you, you'd have to rile him up, and once he was riled up, man, he he, he would say oh, the God. most insane things. But yeah, Sean would just say the craziest things, man. I remember that. That was yeah, that was funny. Yeah, but yeah, you and Shaq would have to kind of egg him on a little bit more. I, I, I think. Sometimes, yeah, yeah. I remember one day, like, Chick was egging us on to, like, mess with each other's, like, music notes in music class, and he straight up came and punched me in the dome. <gasps> you remember that? You remember that? That was hilarious, bro. I was like, damn, I was shook. <laughs> I was like, whoa, he really punched me. Yeah, we were we were kind of bullying the <laughs> fuck out of each other to a degree. <laughs> but, but we were all friends at the same time, so it's not like... Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, where were we going? Oh, yeah. So- how, but that was essentially how we met, and just from there... Beyond like all the joking and shit, like we just developed a pretty solid and good friendship, and yeah, I mean, wow. through the years, yep. So I feel like you guys have been friends with each other the longest, no? 
Um, yeah, out of all my friends, Zach is probably my longest friend. I, I mean, longest continuous friend, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, if you want to count, like, all the old friends from, like, back then, obviously I have friends that I made from before, but I don't really talk to them right. like that. I could, st- I could still talk to them. Like, I could still hit up Sean and talk to him. I'm pretty sure he'd be fine with me, like, you know, hitting him up. Even Sean would be cool with me probably hitting him up. Yeah, I feel you. So, Zach, since you know us from so long ago, clearly, um, how would you say that we're different, like, as uh, separate people than we are as a couple? So, you're asking... What's the difference between you guys individually? That's right. Versus when we're like together as a couple, yeah. Um, I would say, um, damn, that's a tough question. Uh, you two together are definitely, I don't want to say annoying, (laughs) but we are annoying. (laughs) But yeah, you honestly can get on on. I don't know. You just just that typical like. Oh, I love you, baby. Type, type, you know, coupley. It's mostly her though, and then like I tag along with it. Like she initiates it, hey, and then I'm like, oh. But having said that, there's moments where you. there's moments where you you just act like bros, you know, and that, and I feel like yeah. I feel like that should be a component of any relationship. Like that's you know, like any sort of romantic relationship should have that friends friendship basis. Right. And I think you guys do a pretty decent job of balancing, um, just the homies like part of your relationship and then like the romantic part to the point where it's like not thrown in everybody's face that's around you. And I respect that because I think a lot of it's, it's frankly kind of annoying when, when, <laughs> when, when couples can't really balance that out and they're either just too argumentative with each other or they're just, which isn't good for any relationship obviously, but, um, right. or they're just too like homey with each other. Cause you know, it's just, you want to show that you're together to a degree, but you don't want to be over the top with it, I would say. And I think you guys do a decent job with that, just from, you know, third wheeling a lot over the years. <laughs> Frankly, You are officially our third wheel, I would like to say. Yeah, but I don't, I don't think, I don't think there, I don't think that's a negative oh. connotation. No, a, it's not at all. A, we like sen- having you. In a sense. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, obviously, yeah, like I liked you guys enough to live with you for a period, you know. Yeah. And, um, what was I going to say? Um. No, so yeah, I think it stems from I feel comfortable enough with you two individually to segue into the second part of your question. Like, mm-hmm. um, right? Like you two are just pretty good and like-minded people. I feel like we have we I both have or I have a lot in common with the both of you, and we have similar values and we respect each other. And um, we may not always agree, but I feel like we do know where we're coming from in a, in a general mm-hmm. sense. And I think that's. Um, key com- uh, again a key component to any you know solid friendship relationship whatever just that mutual and understanding and respect definitely I agree with that big time yeah and we're actually gonna, we're planning again one of our episodes for our coming season um, to be about friendship like what it's like to be a friend to your partner really instead of just boyfriend or girlfriend like yeah. you know what what's the friend part and let's be honest, me and Harris, we fry each other so much. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's... because That's probably what Zach perceives that, 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 us that's, that's, that's part of... Well, no, that's just part of the hominess, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, just... We fry each other too much. We sometimes. fry each other a lot, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's fun, though. It's lighthearted fun. It is fun. Cause we it's don't like, mean it. It's like stress relief, kind of. Yeah. To a certain extent. Yeah, because, I mean, you're with each other so much. It's not, you know, be all, oh, I love you, babe. Like, oh, you're the best thing. Like, no, that's just nonsense. That's, that's how people cheat. That's how people sometimes. cheat on each other. That's nonsensical. Yeah. If it's always like that, that's how yeah, people cheat. Yeah, you're, you're repressing some shit yeah. if you're doing that. I'm not going to lie. 
I don't know. Like, don't, don't you agree? The fact, the fact that we're homies, yeah. Like, the fact that we're, me, Sarai and I are homies, like, that kind of, like, allows us to have a freer lifestyle. You're not so, like, condensed to, like, you always have to be, hey, baby. Yeah, no, yeah, I don't no, think I it's I don't think it's healthy if you're always lovey-dovey with someone. Right. Or if you're just always argumentative, you know? Like, yeah. yeah. It has to be a balance of something. Which we know people that are just argumentative. Like, that's what their yeah. relationship is. A string of, like, arguments. Yeah. I don't, yeah. Whatever. <clears throat> but um, I grew up listening to a lot of arguments. On a side note, yeah. On a side note, not to air out like any dirty laundry, but um, uh, I grew up. I grew up listening to my parents argue a fair amount. Um, yeah, me too. Same here. I think a lot of kids do. Yeah, everyone's parents argue, but I don't know. For me, the way I would cope with it is eventually I just started laughing at it because it was just so funny. Like the things my parents would say to each <laughs> other, I just thought it was hilarious. Because my parents, you have to keep in mind, they're Eastern European, right? So. Eastern European people, when they like, when they fry each other and they're actually angry, they say the funniest things ever. <laughs> like they start calling each other like ridiculous, like different types of animal names, like what? just everything, like everything in the book you could possibly think of. And like it sounds funny, like just the way it rolls off their tongue, like it's hilarious. Especially if you understand what they're saying, it just sounds hilarious. Even just yeah. not understanding a word of what they're saying, it's it, kind it, of funny. It can, <laughs> it can be like I think funny. me and Zach can attest to that. Like sometimes we're like, what? Like just. The gibberish that is, you know, their their language sounds like gibberish to us to begin with. Well, it's not that. I think it's just... What, is my, what does our language sound like to you guys? What does it actually sound like to you? Does it sound like a Polish yeah. person speaking? Does it it sound, sound, no. it sound, yeah, it sounds Polish. Or, I mean, obviously, Bosnian is a Slavic language, and that's all in the same family group of languages. But um, I feel like Polish is more of a stronger, like, accent. Like, it's more... Really? I feel like some people you, will say Bosnian people have a stronger accent. You guys have a stronger tone. I definitely hear more of like obviously a Mediterranean tone with like yeah. you know Bosnian with, Croatian being spoken. You know obviously yeah. because of the proximity of like Greece and Italy and well yeah you know yeah, it's I, all the I, same I, that, that's that's probably I guess the biggest um, difference I hear between that and like Polish because right. I've grown up around um, Polish people too and I've had like good Polish friends and I've heard their parents speak Polish and them speak same. Polish and. There's more of, like, I would say a directness to it versus, yeah. like, Bosnian, Croatian. There's, it's more kind of free-flowing in that sense. Like, I feel yeah. the same. Yeah. I, I don't know if that really makes sense. But no, Polish is more free-flowing, you would say? No, no. Polish is more direct. direct. Like, really? De- yeah. Deliberate, kind of like r- how Russian comes off. Really? Yeah. yeah. I feel like... That's th- interesting. I, that's, a, that's a good way of putting it because I feel like... That's the thing, though. Serbian people talk more like that, though. At least. And then there, and there is certain really Bosnian heard, people. I mean... Bosnian people, like, it all depends on dialect also. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, maybe, like, the way my parents speak. Because my dad's, like, from the south of Bosnia, so, like, he's closer to, I think it's I think it's the south or something, southeast. He's closer to Croatia um, than my mom is. My mom is, like, more towards, like, the northwest, I want to say. I'm not exactly sure on the specific region, but, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why, like, you hear a difference in their tones. But, like, there's, like, certain regions in, like, where my mom lived where people talk completely different. Mm. Um so what are the things that, that, like, would make you laugh growing up is what I really, really want to know. They would just say funny yeah. things. It was just funny. Like, like if you watch a Gordon Ramsay video, he calls people <laughs> ridiculous things. Kind of imagine that, but just, like, in an Eastern European um, <laughs> language. Wow. You know, they call each other. You like, fucking donkey. Nah, like, <laughs> nah, I, kind of, kind of. That was, a, that was a terrible British accent. Kind of. I'm sorry to all the British listeners out there. But just <laughs> funny stuff like that. I mean, you know. That's just how they always were, I guess. Yeah. What about your parents, then? Pretty mild, honestly, in comparison to to other people, from what I've heard. To be honest with you, from like the you're, stuff my you're parents. You're speaking 
You're speaking in regards to my parents? Or? No, 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 no. Oh. I'm saying like, like my in parents. General. No, oh, my parents no, because Sarai was at, okay. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. I, I want to know like how your parents, because you said you, you heard them fight. How they argue? Or, yeah. They're they're just screamers. <laughs> I don't know if I should be going into this, but um, you don't have to go too much into it. Just like whatever. Yeah, you Yeah, it's honestly it was tough dealing with it growing up for sure, and it wasn't it wasn't really due to their issues a lot of the time. It was just kind of due to like other kind of other things. Yeah, if I don't. Yeah. I guess I'll just, just kind of leave it at that. But um, I guess. How I would deal it deal with it as a kid would um it was hard to kind of block it out I guess I, I would just kind of be on my computer a lot of the time because I had like one of those old like robust fucking desktop computers robust. <laughs> back back in the day yeah. and I, I would play I would play like SimCity a oh, lot man. I would play um Sid Meier's Civilization and all those games and stuff mm. and in a way it was very therapeutic because I was basically creating my own worlds. You know, through those games, and I remember those. I, games. I felt, I felt. A, now looking back on it, I felt a huge level of comfort having that sort of control because I can kind of be a control freak. Like I, I when, when, yeah. when you I don't can. feel in control of a situation. Yeah. I, I think that's where we butt heads a lot. We all are. All that's how I feel but, when I'm doing my music. But I what feel I'm, like a control what I'm freak. saying is like, and it goes with any creative outlet or any athletic endeavor I've done. Mm-hmm. I agree with is, that. I feel a level of control, and that's that's comfortable. That's comfortable for me, which yeah. is, and damn, I'm going down a large rabbit hole here. But no, but no, but you're definitely <laughs> no, but like what, what you're speaking you're is truth. I no, think, seriously, I think psychologically, like me playing those games, me, you know, I'm also a huge Star Wars nerd. I, I collected Star Wars action figures when I was a kid, and I, I, I still do. But I, yeah. I would really play with them when I was a kid. But just. Being in my own world with those games, those figures and stuff like that really gave me a level of comfort. And, mm-hmm. you know, that that definitely transferred with my writing, you know, with um, the different sports I played. And that's really how I handled um, my stress growing up. And not, not only with just, you know, my parents arguing at times, but just with a lot of things that transpired when I was growing up. So, yeah. No, I definitely agree with that. I think I mean, it all kind of ties into a degree looking back at it. Right. When you when you think about it, I think we also relieved a lot of stress through humor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, which is like where our ridiculous sense of humor came from. I think in like sixth grade was was just, you know, us dealing with like, you know, I don't want to say inner demons, but. It was basically. a good outlet, you know. It just allowed us to be like silly and stuff and just. Yep. You know, it's just kids being kids, really. And to the control point, I definitely, like I was saying, I definitely feel you on that because that's how I feel like when I'm, exactly how I feel like whenever I'm mixing like a podcast, mixing a song, making a song, writing a song. You know, even when I was playing basketball, I used to be yeah, it's a, it's an a athlete. great um, level of expression. Uh, level of expression it allows to get your you know serotonin and endorphins going. You know, just hooping. You know, just writing. Yeah. Um, Writing, Run, running for me was was a major way of how I expressed that, and I think it's essential, you know, for everyone to have those kinds of things to, you know, kind of yeah, exactly have like different activities, hobbies, whatever to help them get through their day and help um, handle their stress levels. And I don't think it's a bad thing because I don't think those are bad coping mechanisms. I I just think when you get too fixated on you know, a, a single thing. Yeah, too fixated on escaping and not really dealing with the put, problem putting itself. putting with yeah, not put it yeah, neglecting um that stress 
the source of the stress. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly. Yeah, you're right. That's what I'm trying to go for. Um, yeah, no, I hear you on that. Like, seriously, because I know, like, how Harris was saying when <coughs> his parents would fight, like, he would go to humor. When uh, Zach's parents would fight, he would go to, like, basically escape and create his own world. I kind of, like, I feel like for me, it was kind of in the middle because my parents um, actually ended up splitting. Like, your parents are, both of you, your parents are still together. That's true. So, um, for me, it was more so, like, they would fight to the point where they wouldn't talk for, like, so long, like, months they wouldn't talk. And it would just be kind of, like, about us, like, if they needed to communicate something about me and my brother. So... I don't know, it just got so bad that they ended up splitting, and that's where I feel like it was the worst for me um, because I was kind of like the messenger from mom to dad and dad to mom. So how I definitely I, feel that in my situation. So. Yeah, seriously, because I, I mean, there's been situations where your parents were not in the same place. Yeah, right? they were definitely more than a couple times. I can remember even somewhat recently, they were pretty close to splitting. Yeah. Just leave, I'll leave it at that. But, but yeah, and I just kind of went to books, and I didn't really go to humor just yet. I feel like my humor comes from sarcasm because I realized what my life actually, like, I don't know. I just, I go to sarcasm, and I feel like both of you do, too. I feel like that's mm-hmm. ingrained into your humor, too. I don't yeah. honestly don't know where I got my sarcasm from. I just, I think I, one day I just kind of was like, eh, whatever. Like, might as well do it. Yeah, <laughs> well. I don't know. There's, I think... hu- there's humor in serious situations, you know, like it, it just kind of goes back to the mantra of like, you know, don't take life too seriously. But at the same time, you want to be, you know, cognizant of what's stressing you in the first place. It's just I, th- I think that's what sarcasm allows you to do is just take a serious situation and just kind of laugh about it and <laughs> just kind of right. flip, flip it. It on doesn't necessarily have to be like that. I mean, you can also take action, you know. If you if you are feeling a significant um, amount of stress from like a certain situation because of, you know, let's say job, school, whatever, could be anything. Maybe it is something like your parents, which you can't really control, you know, especially at the young age. Um, You can still take action, you know, hey, mom, hey, dad, like what's going on, which I'm not saying like you or anybody should do. I'm not trying to give advice, but I feel like that's an option that is always there. And I feel like it's often neglected. That's a good point. Um, you know what you know. I think is really interesting? How without realizing as a child you're coming up with coping mechanisms that could lead into adulthood or, you know, some of them you face out of. But most of them I feel like I still have. Do you, I don't know if you guys agree, but. Yeah. You know, like my this is a uh, creative outlet. And I feel like I always went to like how Zach said, writing, reading, and stuff like that. And I'm sure I've said it on a different podcast. Do you feel a sense of control with your creativity? That's right. Yeah, I mean, that's essentially what we're all looking for is for control in our life. And having that one semblance of control in a situation is what gives it all to you. But like you said... But but true wisdom, I think, comes in the form of realizing that you're not going to have control. Uh, yeah. of a lot of things in uh, life everything. and i think like yeah. I, I think that's that's one of the major um parts of growing up is yeah. just coming to that realization that you're not going to have control of probably 80% of the situations in your life <laughs> yeah, yeah. May, maybe maybe less or more but i would say a majority of the situations you come across you're not going to have exact control of it and you got to be somewhat okay with that but you also have to 
um, you gotta put forth the the effort, you know, and you gotta. What should I, how should I say? Um, ah. <laughs> I don't know. Well, the, the thing I was saying is is yeah. More to the point is you have to also realize you're all you're also essentially gonna lose everything one day. Yeah. Um, you can't like hold on to. Like, you can't, you can only be a musician for so long. You can only be a track runner for so long. You can only be a basketball player for so long. Yeah. You can only do, a re- you can only do wrestling for so long. And at some point, it's going to catch up to you. You know, I'll eventually go deaf in an ear or something. You know, if, if you were still running track, maybe like, you know, season ends, Olympics are over. Maybe you do make the Olympics, whatever. But like, what's after that? Okay, track coach. What else is there really to do? Endorsements, maybe. Maybe you do like some other like minor like competitions. Okay. Yeah. What else is there really, though? I feel like coming to grips with that. I mean, yeah. that's, that's the biggest challenge. We all we all strive so much for success, mm-hmm. and then realize at the end, you know, once you do get to the point where you're trying to be, even if you don't get there, you just realize it's almost all for nothing because it's not really what makes you whole. Really, what really makes you whole is kind of what we were saying is, is dealing head on with with the issues that you have, that you perceive within yourself and within the you know essentially the world around you. So. Yeah. You know, I think that's really the reason why we're all even here in the first place. Yeah, there's only there's only so many mountaintops. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, what I really like is even with our, you know, friendship, um, I feel like we learn so much from each other. I feel like I'm always um, hearing different perspectives from you guys, even though they're somewhat similar to mine. There's always like a different take to them or a different, um, you know, a different outlook different situation that we all went through that was kind of the same but but ended up different and changed us and I feel like that's kind of what keeps us still as friends yeah yeah I, I think on I, I think that on top of we just like each other's company yeah we think we're know. pretty funny <laughs> yeah, yeah I mean you I, add hairs? I think we're we're all pretty close I mean like you were saying we, we relate on a lot of levels um, just like, you know, maybe emotionally in terms of background, there's a lot of things that we do relate on and a lot of differences too. Um, but I think all of that is what keeps us together, to be honest with you, essentially is just that, you know? Yeah. And, you know, for a while we were kind of separated, you know, after, yeah. after I moved out and I wouldn't say there were hard feelings, but, you know, I think there was a lot of confusion and, um, it's just just kind of the state of everything because literally I moved out of um, the old place we were all living in like right like maybe two weeks into the pandemic, like two weeks into quarantine, I should say. Yeah. And, you know, like that was just a rough time for everyone. I think everyone has their own stories and situations from that time period um, that were tough, you know, because none of us had face a situation like this, you know, in our lives. You know, I, I don't I don't think a lot of people ever took into account that, you know, something like this could happen. And um yep. I definitely mess with a lot of people's psyches and how people acted towards each other. And I just hear I hear several different stories of um just friendships and relationships being broken up, you know, due to what happened and just the isolation everyone kind of went through in their own ways and those are really some dog dog like days. And I think I think low key, to be honest with you, I think people did know or at least have a good idea of what a pathogen like that or a, an illness essentially could do to a society. But I think we 
underestimated what specific repercussions would happen. Right. You know, like like you were saying, like mm-hmm. fan groups dissolving, people, you know, just it gives way too much time for that. people to think. And, you know, I'm we're I think we're all overthinkers here. To, yeah, to, a level. to be honest. And when, especially with me, when I know I have too much time in my hand, I second guess everything. Not even yep. second guess, but I just overanalyze every relationship, every friendship, every situation situation in my life to the point where it's just kind of insanity and it is something i'm working on but um yeah but you you can allow those thoughts and those assumptions to manifest themselves into a reality when it isn't reality and Mm -hmm. i think that's i think that kind of transpired in a way for a lot of us not not just amongst ourselves but i think that's kind of why a lot of good relationships and friendships kind of either were destroyed or were temporarily, you know, put on hold because you just have that much time on your hand and, you know, you don't necessarily have someone to check those thoughts. Like when you're, when you're alone like that at times. Yeah, yeah. I agree. But and I feel like, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No. Yeah, um, I was actually going to give you a compliment because I feel like before when we were all living together, I feel like um, there was a time where you, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like there was a time where we were all kind of in the dark with each other. Um, but since moving out, I feel like you've made something for yourself because you're you're selling stuff on the side. You have a job, you know, you're living with your parents and it's probably, you know, a better situation for you. I can't lie, though. Like I and I've, I think I've expressed I've expressed this to Harris. I don't know if I've expressed this to you, mm-hmm. but I definitely felt a level of shame and like defeat moving back to my parents. You know? Really? Yeah, I definitely did. I felt like I kind of failed myself in a sense. I, I feel like I failed myself. I feel like I failed you guys. Um, I just it, it was discouraging, you know, to say the least, because, you know, I, I, I definitely wanted I still want to be on my own to a degree. But at the same time, I am content and. I feel good about my current situation with my parents, mm-hmm. but um, I just kind of felt like I burdened everyone in, in, in that situation, and it, it took a toll on me for a little while, and I had to kind of jump out of that pit personally, you know, and I think that was the main thing I was really struggling with during the beginning of the pandemic, just trying to forgive myself for that situation up for on my end, I guess. Well, honestly, I feel like we don't really hold any feelings of yeah there's no grudges no, no yeah no that's just personally how i was feeling I, I guess so yeah i feel like we understood i think that was bless you Excuse me. i i feel like we understood like i feel like that was something necessary that we had to go through um it made us you know stronger in our friendship i i feel like it, it would not be like this had we not gone through that experience and it, it took a while i think for all of us to come to grips with it yeah. you know but no definitely yeah I mean, for me personally, at first I was kind of like angry, angered, yeah. But I think it was mainly. I think I had told you this before. I was just personally going through like, and we all personally go through a lot of stuff. Yeah, hmm. obviously everyone does. Everyone has their own. Like Sir, I said it was like a dark portion for yeah. all of us. You know, yeah. Yeah. But my I, I definitely is, I can feel that. You know, just my from my thing that. is though is. Like, I do deal with things with humor, but I also do deal with things a lot through anger as well. Um, yeah. And I've, I've spoken about this on the podcast before, but one thing that I've realized after that whole situation was that I always try to combat negative with negative. Like, if I feel sad about a situation, I try to get angry. 
If I'm angry, I try to get sad or like, you know, some kind of negative. Um, there's always some kind of like imbalance um, that I'm trying to correct, but I'm doing it in an incorrect way. Yeah, I can relate that. Yeah. I can definitely relate to that. Yeah. So I want to ask you a question about, um, well, first off, I want to ask you a question about commitment. And that kind of sounds, you know, weird at first. But one thing that I always wondered was, I remember when we were younger, you were always, like, really, really, really committed. Whenever, like, you put your, like, head to something, you, like, were doing it. You know what I mean? Like, whether it was basketball, whether it was training, like, if you liked it and you enjoyed it, you, you went it. for it. And that was it. No questions asked. Um, and obviously, you know, I've noticed, like, you know, after high school was over, you know, you got out of track, obviously. Um, you know, it's not like... And for, like uh, I said, there's not like there's like a league you can go to, right? Right. So for those who didn't know, Zach was actually very good at yeah, track really and good field track. and cr- cross country. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I did distance running too. Yeah, I didn't yeah. stick with it like track, but yeah. yeah. But he was actually really good. Yeah. So, you know, and, and then also just to go back to the point, you know, obviously mm-hmm. you were also doing music a lot, um, stuff like that. And just to kind of go back to it, what would you say, like, was the main reason, like, you were so dedicated to all those things in the past? Um, damn, that's... Like, what was, no, like, but, like, what was the main driving factor? Was, like, like, a release for you, like, for, you know, whatever you were going through, or what, what was, like, the main reason, like, you were, like, very dedicated, or were you in pursuit of success? What would you say it was more of? Or was there nothing else to do? Um, no, uh, no to that, no to that's right. I, I, I just, yeah, but, um... No, I'm not trying to sound like a jerk by by, by saying that, but um, I know you. Those were just the things I really enjoyed doing, and yeah, I think I think running specifically, um, it did give me a form of release. It did give me um, a form of control. Mm-hmm. I guess you know, like like I was saying earlier, you know, I I like to be in control of situations. Yeah, and I felt like. I was in control, but not in control, like, as as a runner, you know, like, you feel that adrenaline, and it kind of makes you sort of weightless in a way, but you, but at the same time, mentally, you know your abilities, and you know what you can do, and I like that feeling, and I, I, as well, it, it, it was just, it was, it's strange, I, I just think running kind of gives you that mixture of, um, you know, weightlessness, but also control. And I, I, I thought that was, um, really enticing to me mm. and hmm. okay. just also the competitive aspect to it. Cause I am a very competitive person. Mm-hmm. I always like to try to do the best, you know, in whatever, um, I really enjoy to do when it's things I particularly don't enjoy. I, I could give a shit, honestly. Like I'm, I'm just kind of like you were saying, Yeah. you know, when I like something, I usually dedicate myself to it and I try to put my all into it. And I think it's just coming out um, of that reality with like certain things. Like, you know, obviously I I had the opportunity to run um, in college, but I didn't take that opportunity. Really? I didn't know about that. I didn't know that either. Yeah, I had a few. I mean, nothing like D1 or anything, but, you know, Mm -hmm. I had a few um, D3 scholarships. That's still decent. Yeah. um, But obviously, you know, I was originally going to go through into the military. I, d- I mm-hmm. didn't end up going. Oh, that's um, right. I forgot. Yeah, into the, into the military. And that's definitely, I wouldn't say a regret, but just one of those, like, what ifs you have in life that you kind of go back to. 
Mm. And that kind of does sound like like a regret, but at this point, um, I'm pretty much content with how things are. I think for me, it's just trying to find that next thing that that gives me, you know, motivation or a sense of purpose. Yeah, or... well, I shouldn't say a sense of purpose, but um, just just joy, joy yeah, and just something I want to dedicate myself to again. That's that's healthy. Um, that makes me truly happy. And I think a lot of people are going through this. I think. Um, yeah, especially during these times. Yeah, it's hard to find something. Really and I've been trying to do different things too. You know, I've been trying to um, um, paint. That's 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 a new activity I've been tr- I've been trying to get back into just um, normal writing, not even like writing lyrics or stuff. Because mm-hmm. I was doing mu- like you were saying, I was doing music for a little bit, and I enjoyed writing music. I enjoy singing, and um, I tried rapping. It was okay at it, but you know, mm-hmm. more more so a natural singer. But anyway, you actually were on a few songs with Harris, were you not? Yeah, yeah. Like I want we some actually have of a few Harris tracks songs. Yeah, but make sure you check those out. Yeah, I would say those are pretty good songs too. But um, anyway, uh, it's just really finding that next thing, I think. And I think a lot of like you were saying, um, and like we were both saying, that's that's something people a lot of people are trying to go through or trying to figure out nowadays more more so than you know than ever before. really because yeah. there's so much free time and you want to yeah. occupy that time productively. I mean, I feel like. Even if you are, you know, so-called bummish, you know, kind of lazy. Potato. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> deep down, I think everyone wants to be something. Yeah, I think. I th- let me Definitely. rephrase that. I think deep down, everyone wants to do something constructive that they feel good about. Yeah, it's just, yes. it's just it's, not knowing like what that is is where people really struggle with. And I definitely, I definitely relate to that. You or know? this sense yeah. of failure, I feel like, because I, I know that I go back to that a lot, but it's true. Like for me, if if I, it's it's more like oh I wasted so much time already like what's what's even the point like I'm a failure, and I yeah I I have those thoughts those type of thoughts at times. It's not it's not a good thought. Though. That's it's how not, I feel about music a lot of times. Is it's it, not. It's like it's like if I quit right now, what what the hell did I waste all my time for? Yeah. But that's partially what motivates me too. At the same time, um, there's like this one thing, this one saying. I don't know. It was it was like a picture that was flying around Facebook, but like one of those motivational memes. Um, it was like a guy that was digging, and it was saying like some people stop digging before they reach their goal, and then there's like literally like one thin line. And he like dug like a whole fucking mile underneath the dirt, and there's like one thin line of dirt mm-hmm. left. And yeah, I think I know what you're side. talking about. Everyone's seen it. Yeah, it's pretty cliche, but like honestly, like that's kind of like how I imagine my musical career. I feel like I'm always just like one hit away. Mm-hmm. until, like, finally somebody, like, discovers me and then, like, my discography goes crazy. And that's really what I'm fo- why I'm focused on just stacking my discography because I do believe, and I feel like part of having that motivation to do things is having a belief that it actually will do something. Um, and, yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, that, that belief is pretty hard, pretty easily lost at times. Um, it's, it's, it's challenged almost all the time, but I feel like it goes to everything more than just being a musician, like, you know, it could be anything. Um, and I wanted to ask you, do you think the military, the whole military thing, do you think that had, like, an effect on your motivation at all? Because you you were pretty dedicated to it. Like, I remember you would go to all the trainings the and everything. R-O- and what is it called? R-O-C- ROTC. He wasn't part of the ROTC. No? No, no I, was oh, just, was I was just doing, like, workouts and yeah, stuff. Yeah, just, like, workouts we- with, weekly. like, the local branch. Yeah. Oh. And um, we would come by sometimes to me and Rishi, yeah. Mm-hmm. I definitely think it did shake my confidence. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah, just the fallout of it. Um, because 
Uh, I, it was kind of a rash decision to begin with. Like, I wasn't totally on board with, um, you know, uh, joining the Army. Yeah. But I d- wasn't sure on really anything in my future. And I think a lot of people can relate to this, too. Mm-hmm. Even even if you are committed to a un- university your senior, junior year. Yeah. Let's not fool ourselves. I think a lot of you, like, I'll just be candid as hell. I think a lot of you just kind of went through it because you didn't want to face that uncertainty. And Yep. <laughs> and maybe maybe I'm I'm being a little offensive right now, but I think a lot of people just took a scholarship or just not even a scholarship, just went to a university just for that comfort. Yeah. Not having in mind what they really wanted to do in the future. And mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I just didn't want to go that route. I didn't want to put myself just in all that debt and yeah. yeah, just not even take school seriously like that. Having having going to a university because I'm I, just not wired like that to just do something do something that drastic and that impactful just for the fuck of it, frankly. Yeah. yeah. Maybe I'm sounding very condescending. No, but, I mean... But it's just... It it's depends just, on your outlook. Some the, people yeah, view school differently. Depends. But yeah. like you said, I mean, you don't I was never... Purpose. Like, I respect... Yeah, yeah no, I, I genuinely... I, <clears throat> I genuinely respect anyone that's that takes university, college, community college, any higher, ca- higher education um, system seriously, and especially if they really know what they want to do because... You know, I, I respect um, passion. I respect people that want to strive for a career like that. It's just if you're kind of doing it blind, you know, blindlessly. I mean, I get it, but you know, um, wh- wh- where am I going with this? I just didn't want it to go that route. That, yeah. that's, that's that's all I'm trying to say. I hear you. And you know, uh, I I thought the army would be a good option because I looked at myself as a very disciplined and a very um, dedicated individual back then that felt at the time sort of capable to, to make that type of jump. And the more and more I realized, because I I enlisted like about nine months prior to my shipping date, and that's a lot of time, you know, <laughs> to, to really contemplate a big decision like that. And more towards um, when that day was coming up, I realized, hey, this is not for me. And, mm-hmm. you know, luckily I was able to pull some strings and kind of get out of it because it is very hard to just get out of the Army like that and... I'll be candid about that too. Like, but, but, um, it's not like any army officers or some, something like that are going to come after me for saying this. I wouldn't, but anyway, no. um, yeah, who the fuck cares? But, um, <laughs> so you want to do a few more questions or do you have any questions? No, none, zero. That connect to what the, the outline of the podcast and stuff. What That's about you? I mean, oh, how do you relate to it? Well, what would you say is like your thing? I feel like for me, it's, I'm I'm somewhere in the middle between the two of you because I know, Harris, you have your music and you know that's basically like your, not even your number one. It's just so much more than that, right? Um, and Zach, I know that you're trying to find it right now. But I feel like for me, it's hard because I know what I want. But at the same time, I don't know if that's truly what I want. And that's my struggle. I feel like as soon as I find it, whether it was sign language and I was so so into that and I feel like anyone that went to high school with us knows that but um then I didn't have the motivation to actually do it because I would have had to move away from home and I wasn't willing to do that and then it it moved on to be you know um a nurse to please my parents and then it just it's just always changing and just as soon as I feel like I know I feel like I know what I want to do. It it just either changes or it doesn't happen. And it's partly sometimes because I don't put in, like, as much work as I should. 
But other times it's honestly because it's not truly what I see myself doing. You know, in 50 years, I always ask myself, is this what I truly want to do? And do I see myself doing this in 50 years? And most of the time, the answer is no. Hmm. So I, I feel like that's where it always gets me. I I don't know. So I know that we've talked a lot about our past. And I feel like, honestly, Zach, I feel like me and Harris have talked about this. Um, and we would like you to be a reoccurring guest, whether it be every season finale, which is, I guess, this is what it is. Um, or just here and there, wherever you feel like you could give your input to us. Um but I just, again, wanted to go ahead and test um, how much you paid attention during our episodes. Um, just really starting out with a basic question, which one was your favorite? What what topic was your favorite? Um, I thought my favorite episode of the podcast so far was when you guys were going um, in depth about like the cultural aspects to your relationship. Because I feel like nowadays especially it's something that a lot of people can relate to especially with our within our generation um because we i don't i want to just phrase this appropriately i don't think we really see color like that i mean we do see color and you know obviously every everyone sees color but we don't allow that i think in a general sense to determine the character of a person or how we feel about a person at least you know speaking for ourselves and i know that that's right and um yeah, I think it was just something a lot of people within interracial relationships can um, relate to. Just kind of the struggles with it, um, the pros to it of just um, accepting and being involved with, with uh, different cultures. And um, like I said, the struggles with it because you get a lot of side eyes. Um, you get a lot of uh, negative feedback and kind of fallout even sometimes from just being with a person that's in um, – that's a different race, um, ethnicity, or religion. So, hmm. yeah, I definitely connected to that. Wow, that's actually really funny because it's one of our worst episodes, uh, statistic-wise. Really? Yeah, it's our. Um, obviously, right now we have eight episodes, and we're gonna post eight our, episodes out. I, yes, because we have is, our. This is our tenth that we're recording episode. now. Um, Y'all go check that out. Yeah, go check out all the episodes because we work, honestly, we work really hard on it. Um, and and fun fact, Zach was actually here for the recording of episode nine as well. So that's right. He was here for that as well. I don't know if he recalls much of it because it, was some it is ago. a pretty boring process when you're in here recording the podcast, as I can tell you now. At least as a um, listener, like I feel like it's... it's. I was trying to make them laugh the entire time, and I yeah. was somewhat successful for it, with it. <laughs> yeah. Um... So I think it's actually the fifth most watched or most listened to. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one, honestly, to I don't know. It's kind of surprising to me and Harris because when we were looking at the analytics, it, the best one that, um, uh, you know, the best episode we have is how we deal with each other's success, goals, fears, emotions, and all that. I don't know. I thought that was kind of. One of the ideas we had was because it's COVID and kind of to go back to the point Zach was making earlier, you know, this whole pandemic season, I guess, has turned a lot of relationships sour. Um, yeah. And one of the things Sarah and I were thinking about was maybe, you know, people are looking for advice in that, mm-hmm. in that type of, a, uh, I guess, instance. Yeah, because it's, I feel like it's either 
you know, some people are going through really hard times where one partner maybe, let's say, has been laid off because I know there's been people that have told me that their partner's been laid off. So they're, quote unquote, the sole breadwinner of the family. And that's caused a lot of stress in their relationship and their uh, family because it, it wasn't like that before. So it's a lot of pressure. It is. It really is. And I feel like it's it's hard. So maybe that's why it's doing, you know, the best out of all our other episodes, because it's really how we deal with each other's success instead of each other's anything else, you know? Yeah. Um, but let's go ahead and move on to the next question you had for Zach. Yes. Um, about our podcast. I don't want to say that because I know if I ask it the way that I want to ask it, you won't answer. I, I really want to ask which episode do you think was the worst or the most boring, but which one do you think we could have worked on more? I don't know. I really can't say that there is one episode because at times, like just as a weekly listener, uh, I feel like everything kind of bleeds in together. And and I'm not trying to say that in a negative way. I think it's just because you guys are trying to find your footing and stuff. But um, I think so far your podcast has been very general in terms of um, like just mental and emotional health. So uh, if if I had to say anything, maybe just like diversifying more, which I know off air you guys have been. Yeah. Talking about trying to do more. And yeah, no, I think that's that's probably what I would say is what you could improve on more. Just that and um, just being a little bit more goofy. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I, th- I think I mean, obviously, you're, you're talking about very serious things and you don't want to make light mm-hmm. of um, these situations and just, you know, your your background with it. But just just uh bringing more topics, you know, lighthearted topics maybe because, mm-hmm. you know, as much as people want to hear and uh, relate to what you're going through through, you know, what they are going through, people also want to, you know, they want to they listen to some lighthearted stuff too, especially during these times. <laughs> of course. All right. I agree we, with that. We agree with you. Um, we actually have decided to um, – end this season this way with only 10 episodes because of that reason um Harris actually had you know the idea of um incorporating stories from the people closest to us yeah and or like just listeners or yeah. maybe even stories from the internet or stories that our listeners found on the internet you yeah. guys can just talk about everything. You got yeah, you guys can just talk about stuff, you know, to begin yeah. with it doesn't right. necessarily have to be But we wanted to relate with mental health because the scope of the show okay. really is to Kind of give like a, a helping hand out to people. We want yeah. to be completely to be honest, honest. Um, and also be honest about ourselves and our feelings. It's this is no, that's the what most, I re- that's what I do is, appreciate what you guys are doing too yeah. about what you guys are doing. So, like if I'm gonna be honest here, um, the reason why we started this podcast were we had a few. We had one. Um, we me and Harris do have a good communication in our relationship. We do. We talk a lot, but I I feel like these are topics that we wouldn't go so into have um you know if if we don't have like something serious to take yes or like a, a specific goal in mind um be- to have these conversations yes like we-, we want this podcast to be as open and as general as possible to us yes um so people get a good sense of who we are um but that's why we're ending the season in the way essentially mm-hmm. okay and i get that the reason why me Enough and Harris us, actually basically. like started it, yeah, we want to go ahead and, and stop talking so much about us, but I want to specify why it's been like this. Um, 
honestly, because me and Harris, we we have a general understanding. Even if we don't talk, I, I give him, you know, I look at him and he knows what I'm feeling and I know what he's feeling most likely. But it's it's not just that. It's hard for us to talk about things sometimes. It's hard for me to talk to Zach about things sometimes. It's hard for me to talk to anybody about anything sometimes. So I feel like having someone say the things that sometimes, you know, are going through your head makes you feel less lonely. That's the other reason. I wanted to stop feel, feeling so alone. Harris wanted to stop feeling so alone. And I feel like with this podcast, we have gotten feedback where people have said, wow, like I, you know, I recognized what you were saying to be something that I have felt before or I am going through right now. And honestly, that means so much to us. Like me and Harris have really have you know, gone through comments or messages or anything from people close to us and people that we've never even met. And that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it's really like cool. We we didn't think it was going to go that far. We're, we're really happy that it did and that it will continue hopefully. But um, I feel like really we just started it because we needed an outlet. Yeah. It allows you to give um, a different perspective of expression for sure rather than just having a direct conversation you're speaking through a microphone and I definitely hear what you're saying now because just having like spoken through a microphone like this through this podcast because this is my first podcast that I've done good job Zach (laughs) actually you're doing a really really good job you are really seriously but um what what I was gonna say is it's a it's different than just having a direct conversation with someone and I'm like realizing it as I'm doing it it's like damn this is giving me a totally different perspective of expression you know Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's a real term or not but um yeah it definitely is helping you know like i feel like i've expressed a lot of different things that um i, I shouldn't i mean i've talked to you about a lot about a lot of these stuff uh, about a lot, a lot of these stuff <laughs> a lot of these <laughs> a lot of the, a lot of this stuff you know previously but i just feel like i've i've been able to be candid with just a microphone in front of me you know and, mm-hmm. and uh, rather than um just always having to try to depend on, you know, a one-on-one conversation because in, in certain situations it can be uncomfortable no matter how close you are to someone, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is difficult to communicate like that always. And, yeah, it gives you a level of solidarity, I guess, speaking through a microphone like this. So I definitely feel that. Yeah, no, I hear you on that. And I think you're going to see, you know, the response is going to be a lot um different i would say from people as opposed to like our usual episodes because now we're you know we have you on here as well and Mm -hmm. it also makes it you know we want people to understand we're trying to do this like in a community in a communal sense Um, okay you know we're trying to have it not be just our show but be everyone's show you know it's just the aspect of something that people like about it yeah it's about the raw mentality really which is why we (laughs) named it like that it sounds really funny but it's it's honest like it's all you about know? relating to people and being ourselves. And yeah. I think yeah. that's, you know, like you were saying, being candid. I feel like that's one of the main reasons a lot of people end up even really enjoying, you know, certain content that they come across from different creators is because of the candidness or like because of the honesty or just their personality. That's really what it is at the end of the day, I feel like. Um, people relate with who they relate with. And I feel like the more we bring our listeners on here, just the better the show will become, which is why we're kind of deciding to make season two more about others and and things that they relate to instead of just us yeah Um, we'll still have elements of us in there it's not going to be completely you know everybody um, else you know everybody else and not us it's still our show um but But you're just using more as a platform exactly for for for, uh like what you said just the 
communal aspect you're trying to drive with it. Yeah. Me and Harris have talked about, I think we're, we're still deciding like, you know, the, um, the, for sure. How do you say the, the, de- we're, we're still trying to go through the details really, but we're trying to maybe do 65% about us, 35% about everything else. Or wait, flip flop. I think it was the other way. Around. The other way around. I'm sorry. <laughs> it was supposed to be 65 percent everyone else and and community based and your story, and then 35 percent our input, opinion, and anything else, um, anything that me and Harris have been struggling with that week or anything like that. We want to be more open, and yes, we will still probably have an outline because I'm that person, but um, she is. I I am, and. I don't know, but we, we really want it to be community-based because I feel like that's what really has been the most motivating and the most... Um, now, when you say community-based, are you meaning your specific audience that's already listening to you, your targeted audience that you're trying to drive to, or the people we actually know, or like a combination? Everything. That's, Everything. that's a broad... Okay. We yeah. want to just... It's very broad. It is. Yeah. But... It comes in points. First, we're going to start off, obviously, with the people closest to us. Yeah. Um, you know, then it'll go to, like, you know, friends that maybe we're not that close to, but could could, event- reach, out. could, could reach out to. And maybe they don't maybe they don't necessarily listen to the podcast, but that way they do end up listening to it. Um, it's a nice little marketing sting- scheme by me. <laughs> Businessman Harris. Yeah, here, very subver- these very subverted, up. yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but no, seriously. In all in all honesty, it is about just making the show more interesting. Yeah. To be honest with you, I feel like honestly, who are we? Like we're not mental health professionals. Well, no, we're I don't not think trying. we're trying to be. And just it's, for a disclaimer, I haven't been trying to be too. It's not even yeah. that. Honestly, just... I feel like it's not even that. I feel like what it is is I um, mm. want to get more more people's or me and Harris want to get people's story out there, yeah. even if they're not willing to come on the show, like you, Zach. Um, you know, by us sharing their story and their um, perspective on life, their, you know, their story. We could probably, you know, spread more awareness about mental health because honestly. Um, a lot of people go through similar yes, issues. Even, Maybe not all the same, but I actually think through the podcast, Sarai and I are actually more honest to each other than we would be <laughs> outside of the podcast. Maybe not more, but, honest is but more, right open, more open. More open is the word. Yeah, we're a lot more open to each other in this format. And it's weird because you would think you wouldn't be because, you know, we're going to post this to the world and, and hopefully have it. millions of people, you know, listen to us. But at the same yeah. time, it's it's kind of like making a song, essentially, except yeah. a lot more work. When you get into, well, especially when you're just like recording vocally like this. You know, when you kind of get get in the groove of a conversation or, you know, just from our background in the groove of a song, it just kind of feels second nature. And it doesn't even like, yeah, obviously I'm thinking before I'm speaking right now, but um, it just it gives you that that second nature feeling uh, when you're re- really feeling what you're talking about or like what you're singing. And that's definitely a level of comfortability, you know, and yeah. uh, that like I was saying earlier that you would have. Uh, you wouldn't have in comparison to just speaking, you know, in a normal conversation, you know, because especially with life nowadays, you know, just having a conversation with your partner, with your friend, whatever, it can get monotonous and you guys can kind of feel a little bit too much of where you're coming from. You know, you can just, if you know what I mean, like you just feel the monotony of everything, just um, 
of things being good, not necessarily bad, but it's just hard to really get out of that comfortability sometimes. And being on, on a mic like this allows you to kind of get out of that day-to-day monotony. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, no, that definitely makes sense. <clears throat> so for the last thing um, that we wanted to go ahead and do for this show is it is the finale. Obviously, we've said it a few times. We wanted to go ahead and ask at least one question from each of the episodes that we've had. Um <laughs> to go ahead and end off the season and just start fresh with the new one. Um, so, yes, we'll go ahead and ask our friend Zach here a question again from each of our episodes and wait for his response. So let's go ahead and go into it. All right. All right. So I actually want to go ahead and throw it back all the way, obviously, to episode number one. Um, and one of the questions on there was, what is your perfect day? We're starting it off easy for you. On a lighthearted, lighthearted note, <laughs> my perfect day. Um, it would probably start off with having a nice ass breakfast because I'm a very big breakfast meal guy. At like five p.m. Yeah, no, nah, maybe like four thirty. No, nah, but um, <laughs> something somewhere's around like twelve. So more more so a brunch. <laughs> so I would start it off with um, nice coffee, of course. And I would probably have either a breakfast burger of some sort, which that's just like fried egg and bacon on a hamburger, literally. <laughs> or I would just have like um, skirt steak, eggs. Um, shit, I'm getting hungry just thinking about this. Um, <laughs> toast and hash browns. Then afterwards, I'm, I'm literally giving you a, a, an event by event analysis of what my perfect day would be so don't give me shit for this okay we so suck. after after brunch breakfast whatever you want to call it um watch star wars the rest of the day wait what star what? wars yeah. oh i mean yeah star wars movie definitely probably is involved but we haven't gotten there yet oh um <laughs> probably next would consist of some basketball just get a couple of hours of hooping in mm-hmm. um because i love to play basketball i mean that's just kind of one of my hobbies and unfortunately to this day of the world you know you can't really safely do that mm-hmm. but um after that i probably would take a hot shower get out of the shower um probably just cool off a little bit just watch some tv show of some sort one of my favorite tv shows and yeah maybe actually watch some star wars <laughs> i thought so <laughs> and then probably I don't know. I'm a very simple guy. That's just a chill-ass day for me. I'm not really complex like that. I would just want to have a chill day. Hmm. Nice. That sort. Something of that sort. So what would you say is a lesson that you learned too late in life? Um, I feel like there are a few for sure. Um, just... Oh, wow. That's a tough question. Yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> I know. We, we included in, in episode one. My answer in the first episode was social skills. I feel like I learned yeah. social skills way too late. Like, I've always felt like I was years behind everybody. Yeah, no, I feel kind of, yeah, I feel a little behind, too. I always feel like I have, like, I've always felt um, kind of black sheepish to a degree. I don't know. I've never really fit, fit into, like, one particular group. Or um, just anything of that sort. I mean, I've been in a lot of different friend groups and stuff over the years, but 
I've always kind of felt more individual than just a group. But um, getting back to something uh, I felt like I've learned too late would probably be, ah, man, that's tough. Yeah, I know. Just pick one. If you had to pick one, one, what's like the main lesson that like you feel like all the all the issues, obviously not every single issue stems from one lesson that you didn't learn. Um, but what are like, let's say like what, what what are like the majority of the issues that you could have avoided if you had learned like this one specific skill? Which, which skill would you say that was or a lesson? Um, relying on other people for my happiness. I would I would maybe say I feel I feel I feel like um I don't know I've always had some self esteem issues like no matter how good I felt about my like myself or just like how good something has made me feel like I've always it's always felt like it's not ever been enough for me so I guess and I'm still struggling with this so it's something I'm still learning but it's just really self love I guess I I definitely struggle with that to a degree I'm I'm very hard on myself um it's very difficult for me to forgive myself. It literally takes sometimes years for for me to like forgive myself about like past events and relationships and stuff. So it's just trying to give myself the benefit of the doubt. Really, um, that's yeah. You know, I, I, I wish I wish I would have learned how to do that earlier on, and I don't know how exactly I, I could have done that. But you know, I guess just not being so hard on myself. But that's way easier said than done. I hear you. I hear you too. Um, I feel like for me that that helps me understand you a lot more. Um, you know, obviously we live together as I stated a hundred times this episode, but I feel like um, you would apologize a lot. For I'm always things. I'm always apologizing. Yeah, I, for, I, I, I for minor I, things too, like for leaving the door open or stuff like that. Like you know, like you know, quote unquote silly things that would be perceived silly things to me, but it makes a lot more sense now because I feel like that's something that you've dealt with. And I, I just don't like making people feel bad and I, I, at my expense, especially even if, I don't know, it's like kind of irrational to think like something that minuscule would make someone feel that bad. Yeah. I don't know. I just, like I said, I overanalyze stuff <laughs> even to that degree, hmm. which is not healthy, but I'm trying to work at that and just be like, okay, don't sweat that. That's very small. Like, yeah. It doesn't matter. But you didn't kill anyone. Right. <laughs> that's the whole purpose of the show, though, too. Like, we don't want to come off as perfect or have the solution. We just want to be as raw as possible, you know? As open, yeah. You know, just giving people our sense of, you know, what we experience, what we perceive, and how we go about dealing with our personal issues. Since we're already going on the deep route, um, one of the questions here on the episode is... Um, I like rabbit holes. For, make sure you, have, you mention this number two. Like So episode. this is from episode number two. Um, what limiting belief is holding you back? The belief in myself. It kind of it goes along with, you know, like trying to learn how to, you know, love myself. Yeah, I mean, that's probably... Yeah, that's the biggest thing. I've just the belief that, you know, I can really you know, do things I put my mind to. And it's weird because I'm not going to say you don't have that. I struggle with it. Like, you know, I have it, you know, it's very sporadic. Like, and you, you, you know me, like, yeah, I, I like for periods of time, like if I feel really confident about something or someone, you know, like I, I believe, I believe in it, you know, but yeah, 
I just sometimes I just lose my way, especially like when there's not a lot of structure involved. I think structure really helps me to be honest. And when there's a lack of it, or just going back to my control issues, if I don't have if I don't feel like I have control of the situation, I feel like that belief in myself sort of falters. You know, so mm. yeah. It's <clears throat> really interesting. Mm. I like that answer. Yeah, I agree. It's tough to believe in yourself. You know, you have to, especially like when you have that issue of like having your happiness tied to somebody else being happy mm -hmm. or caring about somebody else's happiness. I forget exactly how you phrased it, but wanting to not inconvenience other other people. Yeah, I don't like making other people feel bad. You know? Yeah, and it's tough I, when you have that other issue. I don't as like. Well. I don't like to be that asshole. You know, yeah. I mean. Right. I feel like I indirectly come off as that asshole, but I never really try to be, and I think people misconstrue that about me. I don't think you come off as an asshole at all. I me think more. I think I'm more about myself, because you could look at my face and be like, "He looks salty," even if I'm not, and that's like something that I've always had to like fucking deal with. I feel like either I like people thought I was stupid or they thought I was an asshole. Um, yeah, I, I mean, thought she's both. Even, she's even I thought me. both. She's even and told I've me, like, said it on here. I, w I wonder how people <laughs> view me. I, I mean, I've I've thought about that. To a degree. To be obviously, honest, like, I just viewed you as very timid when I first, like, before I knew you. I, th I think that's how people kind of perceive me. It was very yeah. timid. And at times I can be that way, but, uh, you know, but, you know, a lot a lot of the time I am just a really laid back, you know, at least from the outside. I look for, I, I mean, I look like a really, sh like, a very sure person, you know. But mm -hmm. uh, that kind of goes back to the good sort of poker face I can put on. Because a lot of the times I do feel nervous. A lot of the times I do feel anxious. And I don't have that confidence, even if I do show it, you know. And, and it's just really situational, like I was saying earlier, too. Yeah. Which, actually, we will go on to ask you a little bit about your anxiety in just a second, if you don't mind. But um, from episode number three, it actually was around New Year's. Uh, it was the first episode we we put out 2021. So I wanted to go ahead and ask you if you had any resolutions for this year or if you even believe in that. Um, if you don't mind sharing some of us or some of them with us. Um, I, I I'll be honest. I I really have not made any resolutions like that. I haven't put anything to paper. You know, I feel like that's really the only way you make a clear cut resolution or a clear cut goal. Cause you know, you can think or, um, say anything really, you know, that you want to accomplish. But I feel like unless you actually like physically write it down or like, you know, physically or just do something about it. It's kind of worthless to a degree. So I don't want to really go ahead and say that I have res resolutions and goals. I mean, I definitely have ideas. Like I, de I definitely want to become more financially stable in this new year. I definitely want to improve my self-love. Like I was just talking about, um, I want to figure out more healthy and constructive ways I can use my time. Um, and yeah, those are those are kind of the main goals, I, I, I guess you could say. But it's it's nothing written down. And I do I do want to go about writing it down. It's just you know I have laziness issues for sure. <laughs> and to go to your point, to be honest with you, um, I disagree. Uh, I don't think you necessarily have to write it down. Okay. I think it does help certain people. Um, for me personally, though, I feel it's more so about you know what is the goal is it attainable how much do i believe that i can actually do it and that makes sense, yeah. if all of that is in line then it doesn't matter um 
there's really yeah, nothing. Even, to... even if you write down goals, they may not be feasible. You know, like, they, 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 like to give you an example, you got to be realistic. too. so you're, mm-hmm. in that to give you to give right. you an example, like I had the goal of, you know, last semester, I wanted to have all A's. I got all A's um, and I go to a school for music business, you know, so that's helping me out. And also what my music career is and my goal for my music career this year is to have a song drop every single month. So 12 songs in the year and then plus some projects, which I already have more than enough um like already made like that was the whole reason like i've talked about it like that was the whole reason of me taking 2020 off basically like not not dropping anything was because i just wanted to stockpile as much ammo as i could i guess so Mm -hmm. to speak um so yeah i mean just going back to the point i feel like it's more so about the belief and and just how determined you are Mm -hmm. um oh no that definitely plays a part yeah yeah no i know i know what you mean how much do you like really want it and and more so than that it sounds cliche when you say that but more so than just how much do you really want it is like how sure are you that that is what you want and for me i just feel like you're more likely to manifest um your aspirations if you if you write it down or if you just kind of drill it into your mind Mm -hmm. you know because you can loosely have goals and and um um you know resolutions and just kind of lose them like throughout the you know just the grind of your daily um routine or whatever and not stick to them and i think just having that um security of just it being physically there kind of allows i mean it definitely helped me when i was more of a goal-oriented person which Mm -hmm. i'm trying to get back to being but yeah i definitely hear what you're saying though like i respect that standpoint yeah. yeah, I don't know. For me, I feel like I agree with Zach. For me, personally, it does work for me to write it down because it, I don't know, like, again, the pe- the pen to paper thing um, makes me think about it more throughout the day. I don't know. Or just kind of literally kind of going insane about it. <laughs> just I don't know. It, for me, it's telling yourself, this is what I'm going to do. This is what right. I'm going to do. But yeah, uh, you know, that's that's more so like that's more so how it is for me in my head. Like, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to do. But like, but you it's can also really say, hard to have that mental discipline. Like, right, I, 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 sure. I, I was I once was able to do it. It's, that's kind of something I've lost, to be honest. The thing is, like, for me as a musician, I write my own lyrics. So like, maybe you could say essentially like I am writing down what I want. Yeah, because I write it all the time even maybe i might be writing from somebody else's perspective or something like that but um yeah i guess you could say that writing it down does help in that sense because i've drilled it into my head so much like you know over the years mm-hmm. um so yeah i could see i could see where that comes in for me just personally though like when i write something down like in a notebook or a planner then you know i have a whiteboard here in the studio kind of helps but to be honest with you like i almost pay no attention to it I think of things like more so like it's I just have like a like a storm constantly going on in my head and I pick yeah, and choose. Yeah, I know what you mean. That def, that that's worked for me in the past for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the whiteboard does help. It does help having something written there because you can look back on it and be like, "Okay, like now I like it gives you a sense of clarity. It gives you a roadmap." Um, mm-hmm. but I don't know. Once you have something that's like so indoctrinated in your head and just like you already have it like just down in your head in terms I, of what you want, I think it's you know, writing it down can help, but I don't for me it doesn't really do much. Like the roadmap is not the one that's actually driving the vehicle for yeah. you to get there. Yeah. yeah, I get it. I think just for personally speaking, just um, with me as someone tr- trying to find structure and trying to find that sort of order in their life again, I think it really helps to um, write things down because, you know, it's just, I like, I'll be honest with myself. I'm not as disciplined as I want to be, you know, and w- I think just having that sort of clarity because, like, yeah, I was able to have that sort of, like, brainstorm you, you were alluding to. Like, definitely with the goals I had back in high school and stuff, you know, 
I had that natural drive and motivation to be like, okay, I need to get my ass to practice today just for a track, a track specifically. Like, I need to, like, go all out this day. I need to go all out because I knew, I knew what I had in mind. And mm-hmm. when you don't necessarily have that, you know, goal in mind anymore, I think um, just the baby steps of kind of trying to plan out, you know, even just your goals for the day really help. And I'm trying to get back to that, but okay, it's mm-hmm. just I see where you're coming from now. Yeah, it's just a little, it's a little difficult to get there for sure. But w- once you're there, I think yeah, I think um, it makes sense that you have the discipline in place to have those thoughts manifest what the fuck you're doing, you know, right. for a be- better or lack of you know expression. <laughs> so um, to go back to um, your anxiety, because that was our episode number four. It was how to deal or. What was it titled? Our episode four, uh, which was titled Stressed About Anxiety and Anxious About Stress. Um, so I actually just want to go ahead and ask you from that, really, how you deal with your stress and how you deal with your anxiety. I mean, it kind of goes hand in hand because, mm-hmm. you know, stress fuels anxiety. Definitely. Obviously. But um, I think the best ways I've handled is like what we were saying, just kind of doing things that I like to do um, and trying new things, even like getting out of your comfort zone and just doing things, you know, helps, you know, because a lot of what we imagine in our head, the different scenarios we have of how a day is going to play out or how, how a situation is going to play out or whatever are a lot worse, um, you know, in your head than they actually you know what turn they out to be. do. Yeah. The and I, I think we all, I think we all know this, you know, everyone, listeners, us here, we, every person knows this, but it's just kind of hard, it's it's hard to come to grips with because you just become so fixated about how a thing's um, going to, of how a situation or an event's going to turn out just due to the conditioning beforehand you have. Um, so yeah, I just, I, I think with me just doing things that I enjoy help a lot. Or, you know, in some negative ways, you know, just reverting to drinking or whatever. You know, it's not, it's, you, you can't always be, because I've, I've definitely had some issues in the past, you know, with, with, with drinking especially. Um, so that's, that's definitely like the, ne- the negative um, end of the spectrum. So, yeah, I just mm-hmm. wanted to kind of say, like, can you, you can either handle stress good and positively, you know, by doing stuff you enjoy and talking mm-hmm. through things, or you can just, Kind of, you can kind of drown yourself, and I've definitely been in both places. Yeah, and I hear you on that as far as substance go, substance abuse goes. I mean, I've had my own issues. Um, it's not like we're trying to say we're alcoholics or anything yeah, like no, that. Or it's just, no, no, no. I hear you though. Yeah, you get you become reliant on something to bring you happiness or take away the pain, mm-hmm. um, and that's never a good route to be on. No, I'm not. Av- I'm not advocating it whatsoever. To be honest, it's kind of a cliche that's played out at this point. I mean, like, mm-hmm. you know, in 2020, obviously like, you know, younger generations will continue to go through it and we're young right. too still, but you know, you just hear it's, about it all the time. It's nothing to be glorified in this, and I'm not bringing it up yeah. to glorify it. I'm no, just no. saying it's not just, at all. it's definitely some, it's a negative way I've handled it because you can't always be positive. You can't always, yeah. That's right. You can't always be positive. Dude. You can strive to handle, you know, your stress and anxiety better, but Sometimes you just slip, and so, you know, that's where you got to really try to, like, look within yourself and try to either let yourself know, like, damn, like, I need to control this situation or seek help, you know, because 
I think that's a problem I've had too, and we've all have had is just not recognizing that need for help sometimes. Yeah. So, um, from episode number five, um, just kind of a topic that or a question that I wanted to bring up was, um, you know, what are your viewpoints on on biracial couples? I mean, obviously, you know, you you see us, we're a biracial couple. Um, obviously, I know you're not like racist towards biracial couples, but you know, right. <laughs> tell me like a little bit about it, like. What are your opinions and thoughts? Oh, I'm all for it. I mean, and I, I don't just say that to say that. I just, you know, I see love and attraction um, as something that is not on a color palette. You know, it's just, it bypasses all that. If, I mean, it doesn't, I've, I've dated white women. I've dated Hispanic women. I've dated black women. You know, women are women. <laughs> not, not to sound sexist, but. <laughs> no, I know what you mean. <laughs> you know, it's just, you know, people are people. You know, that's that's how I've always viewed it and you know you definitely come across you know ignorant people even within our generation that really don't um take to heart to it and aren't straight up racist like i would say like our um parents generation or the generation before yeah more so prejudice more so with the comments they make more so like with the stereotypes yeah (laughs) more so just be like oh really like you're like you're into, you're into black women. You're like you're you're into Hispanic women. Like just, just like snarky comments like that more so, which is a form of prejudice and racism, mm-hmm. but um, it's just not really overt. But it still hurts, you know. It's like, right. I always got like flack for that, like like in high school, because um, I really like like I I remember a specific incident where I was telling like my friends um on my track team that I was seeing this girl and she was a black girl. And they were just kind of joking about it, making a big deal about it. Like, oh, like, oh, you're seeing a black girl. And so I know that's just dudes kind of joking around. But to a degree, you know, it's just, it's like, what's the big deal, you know? <laughs> and, yeah. Okay. I, I, I've, I've definitely been out in public on dates, getting, like, sideways looks, you know. And um, I'm, I'm very, I wouldn't, I am no, I am a nosy person, but I'm, mm. I'm very aware of my surroundings, too, and I'm, I've, I, I do see the looks and I do see um I do see that sort of stuff. And right. it's just kinda sad that, you know, I obviously I understand the state of the world and tensions are high, but like I just don't get it, you know, from where we personally grew up, uh just around so much diversity. Uh it's just weird to think that we really are kind of in a bubble in that sense and it's so different outside of it where people really care that much about um if you're a white man with a black woman, if you're a white man with an Hispanic lady, if you're an Hispanic man with a black woman, et cetera, et cetera, you know? So it's just, it's, it's sad. It, it's, I, I just see, okay. you know, attraction and love is like, I kind of made the analogy. It's not on a color palette. Yeah. Right. So that actually brings me to another question here, which is from episode number six. Um, what are some opinions or expectations that people have of you that have affected you the most? What are some expectations and opinions? Yeah. What are, like, opinions and expectations that, that kind of shaped, I don't want to say shaped, but affected you? Um, positively or mo- negatively? Yeah, positively or negatively throughout life. Um, wow, that's a really broad question. Um, you can start off with an expectation and then give an opinion that you think is really prevalent of you. And then what's an expectation that people often have of you? Um, 
personal expectation that shaped me, uh, I probably would say, I don't even think it was um, a very direct expectation, just kind of a given, um, just me having to basically be the older sibling from the start, really, with, with my, my brother. Uh, just for anyone who doesn't know, my brother has um, autism, so uh, he's always had difficult difficulty really functioning and being able to take care of himself. And from an early age, um, I've, I had to be understanding of that, that my brother was different and not really, you know, just the typical, you know, type of sibling relationship. I didn't really have that with him. I was more so his older brother in a sense and kind of a t caretaker too, you know, and I had to play that role early on. And it's not something that was you know, really said of me, uh, said to me by my parents, but it was just something I naturally kind of took upon. And I think it's shaped me positively and negatively as a person. I would say positively because it's allowed me to feel a certain level of responsibility and it has given me a lot of natural empathy, you know, just due to the fact that my brother had to have that extra sort of care and um, support given to him, you know. And I think it's kind of shaped me negatively because it because it's it, it didn't necessarily allow me to have that sort of social um, connection and bond um, in a natural sense with with a sibling. You know, it, 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 it I didn't have, you know, that older brother I could call upon for like advice, you know, with with a with a girl or, you know, just anything in general, um, really like that growing up. So in that sense, it's kind of, I had to be on my own and figure out a lot of stuff to myself. And it kind of allowed me to rely on people for that sort of source of, um, I don't know how to put it, like just, it, it made me self-sufficient, but also reliant at the same time in, in different aspects. I don't know if that's Really, it's I don't know if that's a really good way to put it, but yeah. No, I get what you're saying. Hmm. I don't know if you uh, feel free to ask if you have any questions or if you want me to go more in depth about that because that, that that is kind of confusing way to put it. I mean, it, I I kind of grew up, you know, with you like, at least for me, like you know, we we met pretty early on, and and, and you know, obviously, like I saw as well, like how it was like taking care of your brother and everything. So, and you would always tell me stories and everything like that. So I mean, I, I kind of like. I don't know. As far as questions, I don't. I don't feel like there's anything I really need. Right, just for the audience, maybe. Cause I'm trying to think. Kinda... You know, I mean, what was the most difficult part of, you know, obviously taking care of your brother? Was it was it more so the fact that you felt like there was the expectation on your parents, and that if you messed up, like you know something? Yeah, that... no, I felt obligated to really be that influence and to really help them out like that, and I think that's a good thing too. You know, but yeah. at the same time, it does take an emotional toll on you. You know, yeah. and you don't you don't even really realize the the repercussions of it. And I'm I kind of am real have just been realizing them over the past few years as I've you know transitioned into an adult. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I feel like I really identified with you through that um, because I feel like me and you were <laughs> caregivers to our um, siblings one way or another. You know, I was the eldest of five. I 
how to help my mom take care of the kids. You know, it wasn't really, uh, you know, it was it was said to me. It wasn't just implied. It was it was said. And um, I feel like from what the conversations that me and you have had privately or with Harris around, you know, whatever, um, we have that sense of guilt to be selfish, but we have the itch to be selfish. Would you agree? You mean selfless? Uh, no, selfish. Selfish. Yeah. Repeat that again. So, so I would say that for me personally, I have an itch to be selfish, but it gives me guilt. Yeah, because um, you just kind of naturally, like when you're in that situation, being the older sibling, like the eldest sibling, t- helping taking ca- helping taking care of them with your mom. Uh, yeah, I could see that because you just you don't want to fail them and you feel more responsible for them than um, the responsibility you have for yourself, which is kind of counterintuitive because Mm -hmm. you need that accountability and responsibility for yourself in the first place. You need to give yourself that, that love before you can properly really take care of someone like that. And I'm not saying that we didn't, it's just, I don't think we gave, at least personally speaking, I don't think I gave myself that, um, type of attention and love really that I needed to, or I like, you know, because I, I had to share that, um, that I had to kind of share that energy, uh, towards my, my brother, especially. Right. Um, I don't know if that's a good way to put it, but yeah. <clears throat> that's definitely a good way to put it. I don't know if I want to include this, but I think this is just a side note cause we're here with this question, but I feel like, um, that's all, another reason why I put so much importance on my relationship with Harris, because I feel like, that caregiver or that, you know, caretaker, whatever you would call it, mentality has definitely translated into my adult life. And I feel like um, I sometimes even annoy Harris to the point where he's like, okay, like, babe, you can calm down, like, stop. like." She does. <laughs> where um, I just don't know where that fine line is of, you know, taking care of me. Or, or taking care of others and, and taking care of me, really. Oh, yeah, I definitely struggle with that, too. I don't yeah. I don't know the, the, those sort of boundaries always. Yeah. And it either comes off too pushy for people mm-hmm. or, it, like, especially with some of the relationships I've had. Um, or it's just it just kind of weighs on you to where you're not able to be sufficient enough in a friendship or relationship and... I don't know. Yeah, yeah. that's frustrating because you're like, but I'm doing so much for you. I can't it's, do it's something. Like you're, yeah, it's like you're being selfless, but it comes off as selfish. I know. It's messed up. It is. And in a way, up. it kind of is being selfish, but at the same time, you just, I just, I care about people, you know, and, and, yeah. and sometimes I care about people more than I care about myself, and that's mm-hmm. sort of toxic, but I think in a way it's a good attribute. It's just, but it's true. How, it's just how to understand that situationally, I guess, you know, yeah. and that's what I'm trying to get to. It's a good attribute in a perfect world to always have. But in a world like ours where there's assholes out there, I feel like you got to pick and choose who you give your nice. They, they take to. advantage of it or yeah. they just see it as a weakness or, yeah. But see, like, that's how you, you have to pick and choose, like, who, you're, who you give your attention to. And, like, a lot of times it's evident. Or they don't see the value in it. A lot of times it's <clears throat> evident. A lot of the times you do it to yourself, like, like when you get into a bad situation. But a lot of the yeah, times true. there's also snakes in the grass. No, I bet you have to watch out for I feel like. Yeah. For sure. Or there's just really, really damaged people out there that don't really... Realize that they're screwing you over yeah. or asking too much of you in a certain way. Yeah, I agree with that. 
Um, so from episode number seven, it was all about habits. Um, I want to go ahead and ask what um, toxic or, you know, bad habit you've had in the past that you were able to break through from or are transitioning out of. I think I'm a lot more aware of um, just the type of things that I, that I can do. Like, I, I feel like I'm a lot more aware of um, just how my depression at times and my anxiety affects other people. And I, I'm not, I guess, I, I don't know how to put it. I'm not just kind of blind to the fact that it definitely impacts other people. And I'm, I'm more mindful of that and not really... <clears throat> just kind of throwing and spewing my emotions out there kind of willy-nilly like that. Like, I feel like I used to just be like whatever and kind of like um, just just kind of throw it in people's faces. I, I don't want to say it that har- bluntly or harshly, but I feel mm-hmm. like I didn't have a good control of it, and now I feel like I'm more considerate or at least aware of um, just how um, my energy comes across to other people. So it doesn't like mess up their days. Or... I get what you mean, but also at the same time, don't don't take that as like you know you can't talk to anybody about anything, right? Um, but it's more so. I feel like just one thing that the, I learned reading one, the room. Not so not, not not so much as reading the room, but it's like understanding that people are also like struggling with their own things too. Yeah, you're right. And like they also want like their own time to like talk about stuff like about themselves as well. Mm-hmm. And it's tough, like, you know, Sarai t- kind of taught me, like, you know, it's not always about you. It's, like, one of the things she always taught me, and it's, like, yeah, damn, like, low-key. You have to really think about it, like, everyone else is really is, like, struggling. Like, everyone always feels like Yeah, shit. everyone even, has their own issues. Even you're the not... world's biggest millionaire still feels depressed. You're not unique At a to certain that. point, at a cer- to a certain extent. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This life is all about striving for something, I feel like. I don't know. Some people don't, don't feel that, but I, I feel like for our general friend group and for people like us and who listen to this podcast is probably like that. Yeah, no, there I feel like I feel like that's a major component to life is who you know, aspire for more and want more, but um in certain situations it can't always be like that. You know, in certain parts of your life you just got to be in survival mode. It's not about just, you know, trying to get to somewhere or achieve something. Sometimes it's simply just elevating to the position where you're able to strive for whatever you want or whatever you find out what you want, I guess. Okay. So Um, I agree with you in that aspect, but I don't think like, like, I don't think life is solely about that. I think, I think, I think in ask, you know, certain periods and times. Yeah. So, um, going into episode number nine, I'm sorry, episode number eight, um, it was all about the law of attraction. Um, I don't really have a specific question about this. I kind of just want to know what your opinion on the subject is because me and Harris were actually kind of iffy about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just kind of want to go ahead and get your opinion. In terms of the law of attraction? Yeah, like what do you, do you even believe in it? What, the law of attraction is essentially um, the energy you give off is the energy you'll receive, right? That's, that's right. That's kind of essentially the gist of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I think people connect to the wavelengths that they're on majority of the time. I'm not some spiritual specialist or anything like that, but I feel like if you're a pretty happy and um, outgoing person, you're probably going to attract those sorts of people. Mm 
if you're more of, you know, um, more of a low-key person, um, I guess, that's kind of not amongst the crowd. You're probably going to attract, you know, probably fewer people than, you know, because I feel like extroverts kind of attract more extroverts and introverts, you know, you kind of got to slowly um, involve each other in, into their lives. Uh, I don't know how to put that, but um, what I'm trying to say is, yeah, I, I do agree with uh, the law of attraction being something real, I think. Hmm. And I think energies kind of connect like that. Just personally in my life, I've seen that. I usually vibe with people that have similar personalities to me the most. I mean, I've definitely been around, you know, not not even forcibly just in school or work, but I've definitely been around people that are not solely just more laid back, kind of uh, get to get to it type of people. But yeah. Okay. Um, so the last question we got here is from episode number nine. Uh, titled Being Alone But Not Feeling Alone. Um, and the question was, what has been the loneliest experience that you had? I think one of the lonelier stretches um, that I've been through was probably working overnights because it's just a really rigorous schedule. You kind of wake up at like 4 in the afternoon, go to work at 6, get out by like 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning, and then you just go to sleep. And I, yeah, I was doing that for about... A good month and a half. I was doing inventory at Home Depot, so yeah, that's very exciting. You know, oh yeah, it was very like ex- a lot of fun. exciting, right. more exciting than you could possibly imagine. I bet. Be. But no, honestly, it was kind of cool in some aspects because you're literally working as a majority of the world is sleeping, and I'm kind of a night owl, so I do, I do like working at night. I like um, doing shit at night, whether it's just chilling or, you know. Um, just anything con- constructive, really, too. I don't mind doing late at night. So in that sense, it was cool, but um, it's lonely because you're kind of on your own um, doing certain stuff then. And, yeah, it's like the people you're working with, you're all, you are working with them, but it's not like you're having that much of great conversation with them, and you don't really get a chance to see the people you're living with, like, the time like I was living with my parents and my brother I really didn't get a chance to see um them too much and my dad was on the opposite schedule so yeah and I didn't really get a chance to reach out to my friends like that too and when I would I would come over like early as hell I remember sometimes you would even be up <laughs> just like mixing or recording or whatever but yeah. that'd be that'd be like the closest thing to social interaction I would do because yeah, you're kind of a night owl in that sense too yeah, I was always awake. Then that was crazy. <laughs> yeah. I remember you beginning off work at like 3 or 4 a.m. No, right? it was like 5, bro. I was like, I'd be coming through. Was it really that, was it really <laughs> yeah. that late that you'd be coming through? Yeah. Sometimes maybe you would go to sleep at 7 a.m. Like, yeah, I would no, be waking up, you would be going to sleep. I remember that, yeah. Yeah, no, I hear you. I can imagine. You lose that You lose that uh, human interaction, basic human interaction that you know you look for on a daily basis it's more pivotal than you realize too yeah especially with me because i do go in cycles where um i do kind of bring it upon myself to be very lonely uh just because i don't want to like push that energy into other people a lot of the times um and yeah those aren't really healthy cycles but um i think the positive aspect 
with working overnights though was the fact that I was working, you know, I was being productive in that time. It's not like I was closing myself off from the rest of the world. Yeah. Um, so I think that's one good aspect of it. And it just kind of showed me a different perspective of working too. Like, I don't know if I probably would work an overnight, um, job again, maybe, you know, um, maybe a part-time job of some sort, definitely not full-time again, but yeah, it was cool just to have that sort of, um, shift that I worked, I guess. (laughs) Okay. Wow. So I think that's pretty much. I think that's all. That's all the topics that we had. I mean, we did a question from each episode so far. Obviously, this episode 10, so no questions on this one. This was kind of a free ball. Did you like being on the show for episode number 10? Yeah, no, it was It was all at first, um, even just coming over today, like, I was pretty excited for it. I really didn't know what to expect. And then we, when we started jumping into it, you know, my kind of nerves unraveled to a degree just because it is kind of something new, and I do get really nervous when I do something new. But also, it's just, I didn't realize, I guess, how um, freeing, I guess, a microphone can be, like when you're just, you know, coming up to speak through it. And like I was saying earlier in the podcast, um, that's that's the aspect I'm really, I really enjoyed about today, was just allowing to, allowing myself to be pretty open, um, just naturally by doing this. And now I truly see um, how it's allowed you guys to be open too, in a way. Yeah. Yeah. All right, but I think that's everything for this episode. Thank you everyone for joining us for another episode of Raw Mentality. And, that's right. um, Thank you, Zach, for showing your Raw Mentality today. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure you follow us on all social media platforms at Raw Mentality Podcast. And uh, email us with any comments, any stories you'd like us to share, or any questions you have for us. Um, and our email is rawmentalitypodcast at gmail.com. Yep, and make sure to follow us on our socials, Pronto, at Pronto Valid and at Sarai, or I'm sorry, at Princess underscore Sarai19. Um, thank you. Take care. Have a good one. Bye.